Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Lindsay Easley, a Clubfoot Mom. Lindsay is the mother of a girl born with bilateral clubfoot in 2015. We are going to talk about the struggles Lindsay encountered during her daughter's treatment and her ultimate decision to switch treatment teams. We are also going to talk about the vastly different level of support and care she and her daughter received at the different hospitals. And Lindsay's going to tell us about her experience working with a child life specialist that was specific to the Clubfoot Clinic. I'm grateful that Lindsay is willing to share her story with us today. So let's welcome Lindsay to the podcast. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you today. Thanks for being willing to be a guest. Thank you. All right. So let's dive in with when did you first learn about your daughter's diagnosis and what was your initial reaction to the diagnosis? We had gone in for an ultrasound to find out if she was going to be a boy or girl. Mm-hmm. We were extremely excited. Yeah. Um, I noticed the ultrasound tech had stepped out and was gone for quite a while, but mm-hmm. I really didn't think much about it. I thought, oh, she must be go get, getting to get, go trying to find this teddy bear so she could put the heartbeat recording in it for oh, us. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really didn't think much of it until I got a phone call a day or two after from my OB saying, um, did you just have an ultrasound done? And I said, yes. And, you know, I wanted to know if it was a boy or girl. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, they called us and said they found a club foot on the ultrasound and um, we need to refer you to an OB specialist. Okay. And I just froze because I had no idea what club foot was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and naturally, you know, thinking something's wrong with your new baby that you have no idea what it is. So it was Google mode Mm -hmm. (laughs) after that. Um, And then we, I just tried to kind of research it. I was like, I finally came to grips with, okay, you know, I kind of understand what this is Mm -hmm. and we'll go to this appointment and it'll be okay. (laughs) Okay. How much um, did your OB say anything to you about what the treatment was going to be like, or did they just give you the diagnosis and then say, good luck? <laughs> well, she just, I think because I didn't have it done at their facility, they were like, okay. we don't know if we can trust this person, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to like confirm that's what it is. And um, from what I've been told, when something's wrong with a baby, mm-hmm. they have to be really careful because there could be other things things wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. So then they start to be more extensive in their testing and stuff like that. Right. So did you research when you were researching, did you have a consultation with a doctor prior to your daughter being born or did you wait until she was born to meet the doctor? No, I, it wasn't. Um, I think I found out in October, Mm -hmm. um, about the club foot. And then in November we had gone and had it confirmed and that that same month, I was booking an appointment at OU Children's <laughs> because I wanted to be on top of it. I wanted to do everything I could possibly beforehand to give her the best um, start. Right. And um, so we went um, to a physician here in Oklahoma City, o- OU Children's, and mm-hmm. um, he was like, there's really nothing I can do for you till this baby's born. Right. <laughs> So, and I had all my ultrasounds and everything because uh-huh. like, we've got to be prepared. Um, but right. we did actually make her first appointment when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and it worked out really good because she was born on a Tuesday and we left the hospital that Friday and we went straight from Mercy Hospital to his office and got her casted. So wow. we, I had it set up. <laughs> wow. You really did have it set up. 
So the day you left the hospital, you went and she was casted that day for her yep. first cast. <laughs> and in that consultation appointment with him, when you first met him, did you like your doctor? I'm just interested because our consultation, we were like, I liked him, but I didn't know like if I was a hundred percent like if I had that vibe, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was right. like, maybe I, was there any clue for you that you were like, maybe this isn't a, isn't going to be a good fit or. I honestly, um, I was a little iffy at first, but then I grew to really mm-hmm. like him. Um, he was good with Ella. Um, but then towards the end, I was like, I'm going to start doing some research and I want another opinion. It, okay. it just kind of got deep and right, right. I don't feel like he said, you know, this is above my head. I think mm-hmm. you can take it somewhere else. And that, that bothers me. Right. Right. Yeah. I had a similar experience where it just felt like <laughs> that was the one thing that I thought, you know, if you don't ever refer out, you're kind of saying that you know how to do everything, but I'm like, it's such a small portion of what you're doing all the time that I just, I don't know. I don't pretend like I know everything. So maybe either. <laughs> I don't know. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the casting phase of treatment was like for your daughter? So, and I will say this too, back to what we were talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guilt um, because you just kept saying you need to stretch more. And I just got this vibe. Mm -hmm. We weren't stretching her and we were, me and my husband both were just constantly stretching her. Wow. Um, We tried physical therapy because I was just trying everything that I could think of to help her. And um, we had a physical therapist. Her name was um, Brittany Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in Yukon. Um, and she was the first person to really listen to me mm. and to tell mm-hmm. her, like, I have all this guilt, but I can't stretch her anymore. It's not moving. It, it won't move past this point. And she actually was the first person to listen to me and say, you know, I agree with you. Like this mm there's, you're doing all you can do. Yeah. And that was such a relief for me because I take being a mom really seriously and doing the best I can for her. And so I think you have to be really careful with the guilt (laughs) because, yeah. um, So that, that bothered me too. He's getting on to me, but I'm doing the best I can. I mean, obviously I'm not doing it. Do what? This was after she was casted, like after the casting yes. was done and you started to think, oh, this doesn't seem right. And you, he's saying you need to stretch her more and you're right. like, I'm doing, I'm doing it. And then you got this validation from the physical therapist. Yes. And she ended up um, having mm-hmm. some personal issues. So we had another physical therapist up in her name was um, Amanda. We call her Miss Amanda. And she was such an angel because Mm. she was right there on the same lines as Brittany Mm. and was you know and even when when we ended up in Dallas she was there praying with us she was there Mm. saying Lindsay I really think you need to go Mm. (laughs) you know so so I really encourage they were very encouraging and you would think it would be more the doctor than a physical therapist being you know your source of I know resolution but it was it was different for us yeah that's how we it was similar with us. We had a physical therapist who really is the person that we connected with and who we still see today just because <laughs> he was the one, like he was our guy. He's, you know, explained things to us in a way that no one else seemed to be able to and just spent exactly. lots of time with us. 
it was just time and explanation and giving us answers, right? Like, but not in a way that was like, I'm going to tell you. It was like a weird balance. Like, it wasn't like he was telling us things. It was like he was explaining things in a way that made sense, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think just there's a lot to be said about the validation of parents, of feeling especially when you know in your like instincts that something's not right and but people around you are still kind of questioning that like no no like everything's good this is you have to do this but then when someone finally steps in and is like validating that feeling you're like see like I I'm not crazy <laughs> like I know what I'm doing like I it's that feeling. I never really felt that prior to my daughter as much as I have through the clubfoot treatment. There's just that kicked in and I learned how to listen to it better because of that. I don't know if you've had that same experience. Yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. So what was the actual casting like? How, how many casts did she have? Did she have a tenotomy? Um, she did. She, she's probably spent half if not more of her life in a cast um we did the you know we cast her right after she was born um every week for four weeks okay Um, four weeks she had a and please forgive me I probably say it wrong but tenotomy yeah that's right okay okay I never can say those (laughs) um she had one of those done at four weeks old um Mm -hmm. and then we ended up doing another a repeat one of those Okay. We did, um, we ended up doing an osteotomy on her, which is where they cut her bone, um, close to the ankle or a little wow. bit of the ankle. When did that? Um, that was 2019. Okay. The end of 2019. Was that before um, you switched hospitals? It was before we switched hospitals. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. And then, um, we ultimately ended up down in Dallas at the Texas mm-hmm. Scottish Rite and she had an Achilles transfer and, um, I'm sorry, a tendon transfer and yeah. a, um, I'm going blank. <laughs> um, oh, it's in the back of the foot. I'm so sorry. The Achilles they, tendon? Uh, no, um, oh. I am so sorry. Um, I am so sorry. I'm going blank. It's um, okay. I'll try to think of it. <laughs> it like a surgery on the back of the heel? It was. Um, okay. He was able to do them at the same time, but the tendon transfer was on the top of the foot. Yeah. And yeah. then she had um, a surgery on the back where okay. pretty much her whole, the whole back of her foot was opened up and he mm-hmm. had to do the mark back there. Okay. And was that on both feet or only one foot? She only has a left club foot. Okay. So she only has a left one. Yes. All right. So what made you make the decision to switch care teams? So you went, you were at OU hospital and then at what point were you like, okay, this isn't like, it might be time for us to see somebody else. Well, we, um, her surgery she had in 2019 with the, um, where he had cut her bone, um, the osteotomy, Mm -hmm was a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. Mm-hmm. I, I have nightmares about it till today. Um, she was in so much pain. She was in so much pain and I kept calling for help. They would come in eventually and just give her more pain medicine. And I finally, I mean, I was just, she, Ella was screaming and we had the door open 
and one of the new managers had heard her screaming all day, Mm -hmm. all day. And she came in there and she goes, what is going on? And I said, I'm begging you, please help me. I don't know what's wrong with her. They keep giving her pain medicine. It's not helping. She, and I mean, just screaming. It was horrible. Mm. Um, and so we had a resident come in and he said, well, I don't want to take the cast off. Um, you know, we'll just see how she does for the rest of the afternoon. Screamed and screamed and screamed. He came back later that evening about five o'clock and he said, um, well, if she's still screaming like this, then we're going to have to cut the cast. Mm-hmm. And I said, we'll do what you got to do. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't take anymore. And so he did cut the cast off instant relief. She went right to sleep. Um, I learned that I guess swelling is something pain medicine cannot help. And she was oh. swelling in her cast. Oh. So they just kept pumping her full of pain medicine when that wasn't addressing the issue. Mm-hmm. I have a real problem with him the doctor not coming when we were having these issues. He kept sending right. residents. I mm. don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was another instinct. It was like, we need our doctor here. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and the, the service at the hospital was awful. I mean, mm. I, I if unless I absolutely have to, I won't go back. Mm. It was it was awful. And I'm like, these are kids. I can understand if you're at an adult hospital, but these are yeah. little kids that are hurting. And it's just, mm. if I have any choice, I'm not going back, period. Right. Right. So it's very hard to. Yeah. What was the reason, like, what was the decision behind doing that procedure? I, I trusted him and he said that's what she needed. I know. What did, why do you think he said that? Was it less, did she, did she not have mobility in her feet? Did she not have flexibility? What was kind of the precipitating reasoning behind it? Her foot just kept turning inward. It never, it never got fixed Mm. I think he just kept thinking oh well this will help this will help and okay okay I don't know I I honestly don't know the answer to that but Mm -hmm. I just I I think he's okay for a typical club foot but Mm -hmm. when you get into something like our case Mm -hmm. I think he should have drawn the line and said I can't handle this you guys need somebody else yeah yeah she's a little girl she didn't deserve to go through all of that for nothing right yeah. So it was after that procedure that you thought that surgery, you were like, okay, we need to well, see somebody else. Like, well, we, I kept calling, I kept okay. calling, I kept, we took her into appointments and he still, a lot of the time wouldn't come to the appointments. It was a cast. They just took the cast off and put it back on. And that was, that was another thing I learned. Um, I had taken her to the ER right after the surgery and she was screaming bloody murder. Mm. All, all she saw was a resident. Mm. they took the cast off they just took the cast off and put a new cast on that's all Uh they did she went ballistic when Mm. they um would take that cast off yeah and you know she's been in the cast most of her life she wasn't she was used to it but she went ballistic and they told me she's just being dramatic Mm. you know she's just worked up because you're worked up or and then learning when I got to Texas Scottish Rite I remember the doctor asked me because why are you so afraid and I said because my child has been through a lot and it's hard to trust somebody yeah. else after this and I said they told me that she was dramatic and I said I know my child and she can be dramatic but yeah she's hurting and he goes yeah he goes you just had your leg cut all the way and then they're putting a vibrating <laughs> machine on it <laughs> yeah, yeah she is in pain and I just mm. oh, 
well, it's just like, what, what can you do? You know? And it's, you're, you're angry here. Right. I don't understand how anybody could do a child that way. Yeah. At all. And um, yeah. So that happened and he, you know, kept pushing residents on us and so I was getting irritated mm-hmm. and I was getting angry, but then the final drawing point was we had gone back mm-hmm. in June of, I think 2020 for a checkup. And he said, well, I want to do another osteotomy on her. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> nope. And so um, I used to work for an orthopedic doctor in Oklahoma city. Oh. And so I, and I think the world of them, and I just mm-hmm. went and said, please help me. I need the best of the best. I don't care where they're at. Yeah. And he said, you know, Texas Scottish Rite down in Dallas, they're world known. They're supposed Mm -hmm. to be the best of the best. And I'm like, back in my bags. (laughs) So So we made an appointment with Scottish Rite. How far do you guys have to travel to there? Um, We're in in Yukon, Oklahoma. It's just Mm -hmm. west of Oklahoma City. So it's about a three, maybe four hour drive to Dallas for us. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, we had to submit um, some information, her records for them to mm-hmm. accept her. And mm-hmm. then we finally got a letter saying they had accepted her. Okay. So what was different about your experience at Scottish Rite? Like, was it immediate that you were like, okay, this is a very different experience or did it take a little while for you to be like, because it sounds like you were pretty traumatized at this point, right? I was. Like, I yeah. didn't see anybody to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure like at that point you've gone through how many years of treatment with your daughter, countless casts. And now you're, you know, while you're in a new place, I can imagine all of those feelings and trauma don't just disappear. They don't. And you, yeah. do, you know, I just wanted to say, how am I supposed to trust you? I don't know you. Yeah. I don't, right. you know, I don't right. have any experience. I'm just here because this supposedly is the best place. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I, I mean, I was a mess. I was an emotional mess because I, I was so afraid of messing up because I felt like I messed up on the last surgery, mm. um, that I had made a mistake, but I had to go back and remind myself, you know, I had prayed about this and yeah. God's not going to let me mess up. Mm. He's going to, he's going to get us the help that we need. And there's a reason for everything. So I really had to hold on to that because okay. there was a lot of blaming myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as if you were responsible for something that you weren't responsible for. But it's that same, like you were talking about earlier, that mom guilt, right? We mm-hmm. feel so much pressure. And then everything is put on our shoulders as if we are responsible for it all. When the reality is we're making the best choices that we can. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Andrea Brown there, she's a child life specialist and she was my saving grace because mm-hmm. it was very easy to talk to. She was mm-hmm. comforting. She was great with Ella. You know, she knew Ella had been through a lot and she just yeah. really embraced her and became her friend. Mm-hmm. But she was my friend too. She, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in the car, we were getting Ella COVID test before surgery. And mm-hmm. I just looked at her bawling my eyes out and I said, I need you to tell me the truth. Mm. is this the best guy for the job is am I in the right place please do not put Ella through anything else please I'm begging you Mm. (laughs) and she said he's the best Mm. he is the best and she was right Mm. so she was what was your first experience meeting her like how did you get connected with child life we were in there for the appointment and we had I had told the um, PA I our story yeah my hesitancy and everything like that. <clears throat> and they said, let's get child life in here. And so she came in and met us and we just set it off with her. We still, 
we don't, I think we're going about every six months right now. I think it'll soon go to every year that we go down there and see him. But um, I always email her and say, hey, we're heading down. Come see yeah. Ellen, you know, but she's, she means a lot to us. Wow. That's really cool. I think that that's one of the things that I learned about recently. And I got the chance to meet Andrea a little bit ago. And that's how we got connected, which was great. And um, I think a lot of parents would really benefit from those services. I think especially parents who have been through a lot, right? Who may be on their second doctor, their second rounds of cath, you know, like going through multiple different treatments to have a support, somebody that's dedicated to supporting you and helping you and your child through situations. I think that's lacking in a lot of um, clubfoot care. I don't know if there's enough support people. It's not just like you said, like you and me both, we were both talking about like our physical therapist being the person that ended up being the person, right? Like that we finally were able to get our questions answered from. Um, And so I just think it's wonderful that there are these child life specialists, but more people need to know about them and then ask about them because it's different in every place and different. It is. And I would even say for employers, it's, that's a very important job to fill. It needs to have the right person. Yeah. Because she, yeah. I feel like she went above point. and beyond. I mean, she was an all-star. Yeah, she seems like a job. very passionate person. <laughs> yeah. She is. Passionate and engaging and so I think that just having somebody there that you can ask those tough questions to, right? Yes. Well, and they're able to also, um, at Children's, I was able to go back with Ella till she fell asleep, but down there, they don't allow it due to infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those child life specialists are able to take the child back mm. um, and be with them so that they're not alone. And I mean, they, they become friends through their treatment, you know, and right. so they're not, they trust them and- Mm-hmm. That, that that's the hardest thing I think handing them over and being like I'm not going to be with you for a while and I, I just remember sitting in our hospital room like just bawling because I felt so hopeless mm-hmm. um but yeah she really I think you have to have the right people hired into that job and I yeah. I absolutely think she's an all-star and I do I agree you just um you feel alone and you just mm-hmm. need somebody to kind of be your guide. And the other thing too was, you know, men and women are different and he's a man, the doctor's a man. And I just, I was like, I just don't feel peace about it. And mm-hmm. my husband's like, you, you just want somebody to cuddle you. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> but, um, so Andrea kind of was the sandwich, you know, and she had told him, she said, Lindsay's like seriously stressing about this surgery. And so he pulled me aside and he said, what, what are you worried about? Mm-hmm. let me try to help you but it was just kind of that in between of position right. too you know my husband yeah. was because he's a guy and he just okay you know if that's what you yeah. to do right and for a mom I think it's different and I think she kind of really helped with that relationship yeah. too yeah to people are different so I mean yeah he's like this is what I do I know what I'm doing and I'm like but I don't know. <laughs> right. So and because you had to experience somebody who was telling you what they were doing and they knew what they were doing. And in the end, didn't have a successful result. You needed more than just some knowledge that yes, he's capable of doing it. That doesn't mean I need more. I need to know more. 
Exactly. You know, I need to have a different level of trust at this point. And I talk a lot about how that, that it's so the clubfoot treatment journey is so much of a relationship between parents and the medical treatment team, right? Whether that's doctors, physical therapists, nurses, like so much, there's such a heavy burden on parents. Treatment is that it's a relationship. It's not like this one surgery and done situation. Like there needs to be trust built in order for this to be successful for everybody. And I think that that just is something that we got to continue to put voice to. Absolutely. And there's so many times, especially when she was a baby and I had no idea, it would have been so nice to have you, you -hmm. know, or just someone that I just felt very alone because there's not a, I mean, I don't know anybody else that has a club, but child. So it it was nice to be, you know, and and Andrea is in a bunch of different cases. She sees Mm -hmm. a bunch of different kids. Mm -hmm. She was able, she kind of knew everything about what went on. And so that was helpful too, that if I had a question, I could reach out to her and she Mm -hmm. would you know, she was there. Exactly. You're able to build that relationship with her. And then she was able to advocate for you guys with the surgeon and say, Hey, like, she's really, we might need to give some extra talking to like a little bit. (laughs) Lindsay might need a little bit more information and a little bit more cuddling, right? (laughs) Maybe that's not in your nature, uh, but she needs some more reassurance maybe then the next mom who's coming in. And I think that knowledge is so powerful. And the fact that Andrea was able to be that for you guys is incredible. So especially after all you guys had been through, you'd been through enough and you needed somebody like that. And I'm sure you were just eternally grateful for her. I I was, she, she didn't let me down. She told me the truth and I'll never forget her last surgery was in 2020, October of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. he fixed her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went down the elevator and he was standing at the counter because they were like, she's out of surgery. Um, the doctor wants to talk to you. So I went down there and he had the biggest smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you're going to be so happy with the results. And I just, it was just such a relief. because mm-hmm. I, was like, I did the right thing. I did the right thing. And I wasn't crazy. You know, I, I didn't fail her you know, Mm -hmm. I, I did the best I could and it wasn't, the stretching wasn't the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There wasn't something that you were doing wrong that was causing it. Right. It was, it was a huge relief. Yeah. So how is she doing now? Wonderful. She Mm -hmm. is wonderful. She, even with her surgery in 2019, she had a lot of sensitivity. She didn't want Mm -hmm. us to come near her feet and now Mm -hmm. she's going to get pedicures and doesn't even squill when they're, (laughs) she, I mean, she loves it for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I gladly pay for it. I gladly right, pay for yeah. it. Um, but yeah, she's, she just turned seven mm. on March 3rd of 2015. So she just turned seven and she's doing great. She's, mm. she's doing wonderful. She's active, doing anything that she wants to do. Yep. She just finished cheerleading last fall. Oh, fun. Yes. She's, she's doing really, really good. Hmm. That makes me very happy to hear. And it's inspiring, I think, for parents to hear too, that even through a very long journey where things maybe didn't go exactly the way that you had intended them to go, that there's still that possibility of, and hope. I think everybody needs hope, right? 
Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. So if you could tell a mom who just found out that her baby will be born with clubfoot something, what would it be? Take a deep breath. It'll be okay. Hmm. Um, you know, typically with club feet, I, mm-hmm. I believe they go pretty e- easily. Um, yeah. It's a different case. Um, mm-hmm. However, I would definitely tell them if you sense something's wrong mm-hmm. or yeah, let me back up. I would just go to Texas Gosh, right? <laughs> I would, I would go see Dr. Riccio. <laughs> I, because he even told yeah. us, I really wish you guys would have started out here. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, Oh, me and you both. Yeah. I, it, it's worth the drive. It's worth every dollar. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, hotels, if you tell them why you're, why you're there, um, mm-hmm. we'll help you out with hotels. Um, we even got a gift card from a restaurant because Ella was telling them that she was dirty. And I mean, a lot of people have sounds very supportive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was in the middle of the pandemic when we were, we were, and we had to go down there once a week for, I believe four weeks for COVID mm-hmm. tests. Well, I, I mean, that was my choice because mm-hmm. I didn't want her nose getting, I didn't want her to hurt and she's already yeah. going through so much. So they did a mouth swab down there. So we drove once a week for that. Mm-hmm. And then another during the week for a cast. Wow. So yeah. that's, that's love. But um, yes. yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> but it's, it's, it was totally worth the money. And I, to back up on my advice, I think I would, I would absolutely just go there first and mm-hmm. I would see Dr. With you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And ask for Andrea. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because I, you can't once you yeah you, know, you can't go back in time and he's proven mm-hmm. to me he knows what he's doing he's mm-hmm. kind and I yeah would absolutely start there it's worth the drive cool so has there been a special moment that like really sticks out to you it doesn't have to be like magical or positive but just like a memory that you think about on the journey that kind of holds a special place for you? I have to say my number one is when I walked down the elevator and mm-hmm. he had that smile on his face because that was such a relief for me. So, mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that because I was just like, yes, <laughs> we're, hopefully we're finally done, you know, and mm-hmm. there's hope. So yeah. I, that sticks out because I just cherish it so much. Yeah. You'll have that picture in your brain forever, right? absolutely that's incredible well I want to thank you so much for being a guest today Lindsay and sharing your story I think it'll be really helpful for parents and I just really find so much power in sharing stories and talking about everybody's different experience so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today well thank you for talking to me and letting me share my story Yeah, of course. And I wish you and your daughter all the best moving forward. Same to you. Yeah. And as always, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, or share with anyone you think would be interested. And if you need to get in contact with me, you can do so at my website at maureenhoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.